MLM Nation, episode 604. Welcome to MLM Nation, a podcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders, hosted by Simon Chan. He's built a team of over 200,000 and is now a full-time MLM coach and trainer. So if you're ready to level up your business, join us now. Let's do this. Hey, MLM Nation, have you ever struggled with tracking your prospects or remembering when to follow up or you forgot what you talked about? Imagine you had something cool that you can track. I finally found something. No, it's not a notebook. It's not a spreadsheet. In fact, I was very skeptical. I actually tested it out for a while and I love it. You know why? Because it's simple and easy to use. Like you... You're on the road, you're on the go, waiting for you to pick up your kids. It's just, you pull up your phone, it is so simple to use. And as a listener of ML Nation, you can try it out for free. So go check it out. It is at mlnation.com forward slash mapping. mlnation.com forward slash mapping. It will change your prospecting and make you way more organized. And uh, it's a ton of fun and easy to use. Check it out, mlnation.com forward slash mapping. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan. I am fired up to bring our special guest today. She's a purpose-driven networker, she, and she has an incredible story to tell. We have Marsha Mixon. Hey, Marsha, are you ready to make it happen? Hey, Simon. I am super excited to be here today. Thanks so much for having me. Marsha Mixon lived a broken life of low self-esteem, obesity, failed relationships, alcoholism, and drug addiction. This all led to attempt suicide and ultimately to a maximum security prison. She got out and got started in network marketing for just five months after her release from jail and credits Jesus Christ for changing her life. Today, Marsha is a top leader and six-figure earner and also just wrote the book, Prison to Prosperity with Purpose, to help inspire others that are also needing for help. So anyway, Marsha, welcome to MLM Nation. I can I don't even know where to start. Share about your journey. How did you, where did you grow up? I know you had a Brooklyn life. How did that eventually lead you to jail and from jail to network marketing? Yeah, um, it was, I actually had a pretty normal upbringing in the beginning, but just didn't have that, that confidence, you know? So because of that, it ended up creating so many other things because mindset is absolutely everything. And so because my mindset was just not in the right space, uh, that just created more and more opportunities to take the wrong path. Ultimately, ended up going to prison, obviously. And right before I went, I got my life in order with God. And if he, I hadn't had done that, I would not have made it through. I served about six months, 192 days. And once I got out, I didn't know what, what I was going to do or where I was going to go. And five months later, I found some amazing people and ended up jumping in on network marketing. And it's radically all shifted everything for me in a major way. It's just been phenomenal. It's been a huge ride. I never thought I would have this much success ever, ever, ever. So it's been the best thing I've ever done. So uh, what was your background and what did you do ultimately that led you to jail? So the first thing that really started whenever you have that low self-esteem and that bad mindset is, is bad relationships. So I really had one bad relationship after another and uh, ended up with four failed marriages. And I, I, I had been in church and I'd lost my grip on my faith in God. And so when everything just kept failing, kept failing and kept failing, 
uh, just took a nosedive into, you know, sort of dabbling with just drinking on the weekends. And that evolved eventually into just a little bit of drugs here, a little bit of drugs there. And then ultimately it became full-blown addictions. And uh, everything really started to crumble then. And then we would have uh, parties at my house. And my son ultimately had a party. And um, it was a birthday party, and he was allowed to invite a few friends, and that did not end well. It um, ended with a couple of kids being taken away in the ambulance with alcohol poisoning, and that's what I ended up having to uh, serve time for and took responsibility for it. And uh, once I got out, it was on probation for three years. That was ended to a year and a half because I did everything I was supposed to be doing, and just everything really turned around. Everyone was pretty much shocked, but basically it all started with mindset and, and the worse it got, the worse it got until there was a shift in that. And uh, I attribute the, the shift first and foremost to God. Uh, he really changed things so much for me. All right, I want to ask you some questions because out of over 600 interviews with top leaders, um, no one's really have your unique story and background. And I think it's so amazing, number one, what God can do and also what a profession can do. So, yeah. Um, and I'm sorry if we get to really personal here. So, basically, your son had a birthday party and then they shouldn't be drinking. And some people got really, really drunk and alcohol poisoning. And because you're the mother, you had to uh, be punished for that. Is that basically Correct. in a nutshell? Right. I got it. Okay. What yes. would what type yes. of job when, when you were struggling? Did you work? What type of jobs did you have? And what were you what were you doing? I did. I actually ended up having some pretty decent jobs. My background is in business, so I was I had a strong business background in office management and bookkeeping and finance and all of that. And then whenever the economy kind of went really southward. Um, in the 2000s, I ended up doing some research and I found out there were two markets that were not really affected. This is before I understood network marketing. <laughs> um, but the two that were in the normal world, as people would look at it, a real job, uh, were Walmart and cell phones. So those are the two avenues I, produce, I, I pursued. And I started out at Walmart in the cellular department and then really liked AT&T, so I ended up over there because I was a big iPhone advocate. And then I ended up ultimately working for iPhone. Uh, and it's, 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 just hard, it's hard to get on with Apple. you got to be pretty, pretty sharp for that. But that was kind of the last somewhat success that I had had. But by that point, I had already started into the drinking, and I was working night shift. And that's kind of when the drugs got introduced. Because um, to stay up during the night, uh, I used uh, methamphetamines, and then it just really spiraled from there. So you're out of prison. Uh, what did you do after prison? What were you doing before you got into, uh, introduced in network marketing? Well, before right before prison, I ended up, once I started losing my job and things like that, I went out and worked as comp for some things, and then the drug use got worse. And then I would end up bartending, doing DJing, and working at restaurants and things like that, which were not anywhere near my skill set. And so then, um, and I did have a, a small secretarial job that I was, you know, hanging on to, and really none of it could work with the the level of addiction that I was at. So think going to prison was really 
one of the best things that could have happened for me. But first, let me say the day before I went to prison is whenever I turned my life back to the Lord. And I'll tell you, Simon, it was really instant. Like, I know a lot of people say I'm in recovery and I'm doing this, I'm doing that. There's no doubt in my mind that I am a walking miracle because there was, it was an instantaneous moment that I was completely delivered. I've never had withdrawal from alcohol or drugs. I've never, you know, sat and said, oh, I, I just want to go back to that or had a, I had a desire to, it just instantaneously was miraculously taken from me. And so it was complete deliverance. I also used to struggle with all sorts of other things, uh, anxiety, depression, fibromyalgia. Like it was like he did a full body like, healing. Like none of that existed for me anymore. It was a whole different world. I spent the next 192 days really in the word. Like when you're in prison and it's maximum security, like you don't have the freedom. It's nothing like you see on TV. Let me just say that. <laughs> <laughs> so well, while you're in there, you know, you're, it, it's, a, it's a very small cell. Your first part of being introduced through it is very restrictive. You own nothing. You have nothing. And, and, you know, to have a Bible in there is just phenomenal. Whenever you first get in there, you think they're readily available. They're not. And then the first one that I get is like one of these little paperback Dollar Tree Bibles that, you know, they cost a dollar. There's nothing fancy about it. There's no concordance. There's no detail. It's just a basic Bible. So it was kind of like I was taken back to like the very basic of life. And I was able to reconnect with God on a different level. Even though I was in prison, I was freer than I had ever been in my life. And so that was the foundation. So for 192 days, I had the time to connect with God, get myself where I needed to be spiritually. And so he was preparing me for what was ahead. So when I came out, it was not like I came out with a bunch of fear and, and worry and all of that. I knew I lived by Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So I knew he would provide. I came home to a camper I lived in that my parents provided for me. Everyone was concerned about how things were going to, you know, roll out and end up. And I was like, well, all I can do is show it and live it. You know, I created this distrust with them. So I needed to, to help them and equip them to trust me. So I knew time would, would develop into that. And that's exactly what I needed. So as time on, I was actively involved in my community and my church and just walking in obedience. If God put something in front of me, I, I would do what, what was required of me. And so I began to pray like I wanted something. I felt terrible. I, I, I was just, you know, when you're in prison, you eat a ton of carbohydrates. That's how they fuel you. And I just physically felt bad. My weight was, was just out of control. I had no energy. I had no focus. I just, even though I was happy in the Lord and I was trying to progress in life, now I'm coming on the outside and the world is really loud whenever you make that transition back into the world. And so trying to equip myself through all of this, I really was searching for something. And a friend of mine says, here, let's try keto. So I tried that and then I found this product and oh, it just opened some doors for me. And it was in a network marketing business. And I thought, wow, you know, let's check it out. And I just opened to it and I said, you know, what do I have to lose? I jumped in, I bought the beginning kit. I, you know, after four days of trying the product, number one, I believed in the product. 
And number two, this girl, she didn't come at me and, and say like, you've got to have this, you know, you or shame me into it or anything like that. She just really said, if you want it, great. You know, I'm here. And she never came to me. I went to her. She used attraction marketing, just everything that transpired. And that felt really good. It wasn't like past experiences. Like I dabbled like very lightly in MLM stuff before, but never had I experienced this. And it's a lot of what you teach in, in your workings too. You know, you just, you, you attract people and it's about just being a, a decent human being where you are and living your best life. And, and that's how really the book evolved, but just living my best life and, and doing that out loud on social media. So network marketing really just lets you just be the best version of yourself. I mean, what other industry can you get paid to personally develop your life every single day? It's awesome. So how did you do it once you got started? How did it go for you? Oh, let me tell you, Simon, I was so not a network marketer. I was lost. I didn't really understand attraction marketing. I got this kit. And the first thing in my mind was, well, let me just sell this kit, right? I got to sell this kit. And so I did all the wrong things. I was completely uncoachable. I was off the chain on a whole different path of what I was supposed to be. Like I wanted it. But coming from a prison background too, you just don't trust people readily. So you always felt like there was an ulterior motive for your leaders. And and so I really struggled with that. It was, I wanted to do it. And then I wasn't being coachable, but I had an amazing mentor and she just kept being there for me, loving me through it and just waiting for me to be ready. Because I think that's really the biggest things I've learned from her. Don't push your downline. Let them come to you when they're ready. And she said, you know, you just kept coming back. And and my EQ and AQ was all over the place. And it was just continuing to come back. I think, it's, I think with anything in life, if you, if you just continue to come back, you can't go wrong. But you have to reevaluate things. And so I started three-way chat is really how the light started to go off for me. And I watched her use the script and they worked. It was like, wow, okay. So you have these systems, they work, let's do them. Wow. Okay. I'm all in. Let's do this. And, and the more success I found, the better I was, the more coachable I became. And I think that's really the key to success in this business is how coachable are you? If you're not coachable and you're not open to, to someone helping you to be the best version of yourself, you're not going to progress up in those ranks because you can have, you know, tons of product and you can have tons of social media presence. But if you don't have good EQ and you're not coachable, you're really not going to experience that level of success that takes you to the top ranks of leadership. So how do you develop that EQ and coachability? Because you say you are not coachable and then your EQ yeah. is all over the place because of prison, the lack of trust or emotional detachment. What are some tips you can give to people who struggle with that? Let's start with EQ. Well, the first thing is, Right. Okay. So emotional intelligence and adaptability, that's what EQAQ is. And, and it's basically how you respond to bad things that happen. Like when your systems go down and you're in the middle of a sale, like you push through it or when people don't do things that you expect them to. So one of the things and events, events are everything. So there was a couple of things. Number one, our events are set up for our organization just to completely make you understand that you need to be adaptable. 
that things you can't control, how do you respond to it? So they would give us an event with zero schedule. Like that was the first thing that freaked me out. I'm like, I need to know where I'm supposed to be, when I'm supposed to be there and all of that. And they said, no, you don't. I'm like, what? And so that really shifted me. My first event, I didn't even make it all the way through. I went, but I only made it halfway through because I wasn't able to be adaptable. So then my next event came up. I kind of knew to expect that I needed to be more open to it. So then the experience for me was a much better experience. And then really what, what needed to happen, I never did a daily, per, I did read the Bible daily, but reading the Bible daily and doing personal development is two things. So you and I connected at an event. And so I'm an all in type of person. And I, I said, let me get the lifetime thing. Cause I also know that I always have so much going on to choose from. It's like, I have a buffet of things, you know, always in line. And, um, so I always like to be able to back to things. So I knew the lifetime thing was, was definitely a good fit for me. And so seeing you at an event is a whole different thing than hearing you. So events are like a major personal development activity. But to maintain that from event to event, you have to have daily things, which is why you offer things like your lifetime package that people can plug in daily. You are very consistent. And that's what I follow in my personal development, people that are consistent. So if I go and see a podcast out there that only has maybe 10 podcasts, I'm less likely to follow that person than someone who has 10,000 podcasts, you know, there's, and then there's somewhere in the middle. So I like to be able to just search from a pool of data and I find people that I resonate with that I really like. And so I like, you know, the stories of mess to message kind of stories. So Steve Harvey is another one that I follow. So it doesn't less Brown. It doesn't matter who it is, but if you listen to them every day, you know, as a man thinks, so is he. If you have some really negative thinking and you're really struggling, the best thing to be able to do is to refocus your thoughts on a daily, regular basis. You know, we need our work every day. And so on top of that, I add personal development. And the other thing is meditation. I didn't really understand how that worked as well. But sometimes you just need to to, to slow your mind down and and turn things off. And I think it's really important to, to implement those things. And that is what took me to that level, just doing that personal development and engaging. Great stuff there. Uh, so I want to ask you a question, and I think this would be helpful for many people because most network marketers definitely didn't go to prison like the way you do. But they have a mindset that, oh, I've never had any success or I was a complete failure or I never worked at a good, I never had a good career in a job. What advice can you give them? Because like the, their thinking is, I've never been successful. I'm kind of quote unquote like a loser or never underachiever. Why would people join me? So how should they overcome that? I was just talking about it several times this week. It's a very popular topic. People sometimes get in a space where they believe that they were born to be broke. Um, They believe that success is for the next guy, not them. And I just want people to understand that you will have and I'm going to go right back to God, you know, with parents, I mean, you know, this, you got kids, you know, as a parent, you want your kids to have the best stuff, but you also know that you can only give them as much as they can handle. So when we're out there with those kinds of thoughts and we start thinking, we're not good enough, we're not worthy enough. Those are the thoughts that, that just can, can destroy your future. 
my mentor, I, I achieved this massive rank. Frank Silverman is super successful. And she's like, you know, um, let's pick out a pair of Chanel shoes. And I'm like, Chanel shoes, never heard of them. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so I go and I start just like $900 shoes. Right? I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? I was like, I can't even. She said, but if you could, what would you pick? And so just doing an activity like that, you know, I'm not buying the shoes. I can afford the shoes, but I'm, I'm like, I can't mentally like put myself in the space of like, and I started thinking about those shoes and, you know, Steve Harvey says, you know, someone says they're praying. I'm, I want the Lord to pay my house off in seven years. And Steve said, I does not need seven years to pay your house off. You know, we limit so many things. We limit ourselves. We limit our ability. We limit our success. Limited mindset just, just will destroy it. So I say the best activity to do is stretch yourself. Like go look at Chanel shoes. Go test drive luxury vehicles. Go look at million dollar houses. I have my house picked out. It's a one point six million dollar house that's absolutely gorgeous. It's like eight thousand square feet. And I I haven't scheduled to look at it because with everything going on, it's been taken off the market, but I know it's my house. I know that's where I'm gonna be. Like when you can just start envisioning things. I've got a vision board. I've got a motivational board putting I, and there's pictures of houses that are not mine yet. There's pictures of me on stage. There's pictures. I'm going to tell you that board this month was phenomenal. The board said, write the first book. My first book's written, Simon. So how does that make you feel? It increases your belief. Also on my board, rank seven. And boy, wow, there you go. That's done. So the more you see that you can succeed and you can win and surrounding yourself, if your people that you're surrounding yourself with have garbage thinking, you need new friends. You need people that you aspire to. You, for an example, one of the people that I follow and I reach out to high level people. So I reach out to Simon. If Simon doesn't respond, okay, I took the chance. And what's the worst thing that can happen is they don't get a response or they get a no. Like it took guts for me to say, Hey Simon, I would love to interview with you. And you're like, great. What if you said no, it's not the end of my world. So people need to realize it's okay to get those no's in your business. It's okay to get those no's with high level people. It's okay. But as long if you never push to explore beyond those boundaries and beyond that comfort zone, you'll never be able to live the life that you see other people living. Cause it's not for other people. It's for you. It's for me. It's for whoever wants it. That's the beauty of networking. It doesn't matter if you're from Yale or from your jail. It doesn't matter it's what your passion is. It's what you want. If you've got to know what your purpose is, you've got to know it. You've got, if you don't know it, you need to discover it. And if you don't know how to discover it, you just do miss action and you just try everything until something feels good to you. And that's when you lean into that and then it develops into this massive purpose. Tons of nuggets there. Thank you so much, Marcia. And I have a couple of comments. It's like uh, when you talked about the Chanel shoes and expensive homes. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> it, it reminded me of what I used to do. Uh, I was living in a tiny, like 500 square foot apartment in um, Santa Monica, South Monday Drive at that time in LA. And in the, in, in, I always thought that, hey, success is not for me. And then the thing that really helped me was I used to, I, I, I'm really into fitness. I rode my bike. I used to ride my bike to Santa Monica to five, $10 million houses. 
and just looking yeah. at it. And I would just ask myself, is there anyone in the world that says, Simon, you cannot live here? Anyone preventing yep. me? I was like, wait a second. Is there anyone that says, Simon, you're not allowed. If you go, if you do this, I'm going to punish you. You will go to jail. I was like, no. Yeah. The only thing that was allowed me was myself. Right? So, yeah, yeah, like I shared this with coaches. Someone, a coaching client asked me the other day, like, how can I get better? I said, you know what? Just once a week, right? Because he's young and he's single. He has the time to have kids. Once a week, go to the most expensive place in your town, city, and just work at that Starbucks there. Right. Well, now you can't because of the coronavirus, yeah. but or work there or go join a gym where or just hang out there or just even go to a very expensive mall, walk around there. And the because the people you're around, it changes the way you think and changes your belief. So thank you for sharing that. That re- yeah. really brought back memories. I used to go bike riding and just look at these mansions like, <laughs> you know, what? one day I want to be living here. Right, right. We went riding yesterday. Uh, I had a friend of mine who went on the golf cart and outside of her community into another one. She's like, let me go show you these houses. This is where you're going to live. I'm telling you, we rode down the road. I was like, oh my gosh, it smells different over here. Like I could smell jasmine. You know, it's like as you, as you went into it, it shifted your mindset. It shifted the way you feel. And I think just envisioning that is so powerful, right? Like I love stories like that. Do yeah. more of it. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what you shared about uh, asking people. It's uh, and you know you as you you approached me. I remember exactly where I was. By the way, I was checking on. You know, I've been really. If you follow me on Instagram stories, I'm really into baseball cards. So I was like check on eBay baseball cards, and then on Instagram, I got a message. I like, who's Marsha? And you and I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> People who are successful, and I'm not saying I'm the most successful, but anyone, and I learned this from my mentors, they appreciate people who are bold. And Marsha basically went out there and like just said, hey, I want to be on your show. How can I get on? I'm like, well, who is this woman? <laughs> and I felt bad. We had met at an event, but I forgot who she was, right? She's a lifetime purpose-driven networker as well. But like a lot of people, it's like, who is this woman? And then like, and, but people who are successful appreciate people who have confidence, Bold. And I tell you, that got my attention. It's okay. So I'm, I'm doing research, do my due diligence. So if you're out there and you feel you're not good enough, people who are success. Now, the people who are negative, right? The people, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, Marsha, you have to hang up to change the environment. The people you hang out with, they're like, you're crazy. Who's going to do that? But yeah. I tell you, the people who are successful, be like, whoa, okay. I, I, yeah. I appreciate people who are bold and I'm like, because that takes guts. That takes you, you're willing to get outside your comfort zone. And, you know, you're talking about attracting yeah. people. These are the things that attract people to you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it was, it's scary. Like, do the scary thing. Just follow the pukey feeling. <laughs> yeah, all your dreams and goals are outside your comfort zone. Yep, everyone. There's nothing you can achieve while you're sitting in that comfort zone, ever. Like, that is what, that is what I, I was such a painfully shy, bashful, backward person, Simon. It was just really crazy that, you know, the, the way I approached life. And it wasn't until I started walking in that boldness, you know, the, the word says walk boldly in your calling, you know? And so as we walk bolder and, and I totally agree, like, I think God wants us to have nice stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, I am so excited to see what those Chanel shoes are going to feel like though. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, let me uh, shift the little gears here to talk about your book. When, when's your book coming out and why is prison to prosperity, which I think is a great title. Why did you write this and when's it coming out? Okay, so the book is out. It's out on Amazon, or you can check out my website, prisontoprosperity.info. 
but it, I did it a week ago. The response has been phenomenal. People are receiving their books. They're, you know, excited about it because they've watched me on social media. And now they get that inside track. They get the back story. They get, well, my goodness, like she doesn't seem like someone that would have gone to prison. Like what happened? Like it really, it really takes you through the whole journey. But the good thing about this book is the way it ends. And that's why it's called Prosperity with Purpose, because the end of it, you, know, you always have to start with the end in mind. The end of it really pushes that purpose. And, and I'm telling you, the thing about purpose is before you can have purpose, you have to have belief. So one thing that I found, first thing, I found belief in God. Then I found belief in a product. Then I found belief in a company. Then, you know, before I could believe in myself, I had to find belief in other things. And then I found belief in myself. And then I started saying, what if? What if? And that same event that we met at, I didn't, you know, I didn't think on stage the day we were there, but uh, Fraser Brooks was there as well. And the day he was there, I got the opportunity to speak on stage about belief. And when I got off stage, you know, from another you know, speaker that just said, wow, I'm, I knew the moment I stepped on stage that I was empowered in that space. Like that was where I could thrive. That was where I feel like my purpose is where I was meant to be. So as I was going through this, you know, I really felt like God said, you know, this, this is where I want you to be. So then I began to do my research, you know, because God will give you a little bread crumb, but then you've got to follow the bread crumb. So in following the breadcrumbs, I knew if I wanted to do more of that, I needed, I needed a talking piece. I needed people to get a part of me that they could really relate to and say, I want more of that. So that's where the book came about. It was very difficult to do um, because it's so raw and emotional and it just has so much of all of the history. Like I had to relive it. And so... In five weeks' time, I wrote the book, knowing the purpose of the book. The purpose of the book was not to give credit to the past mistakes or give life or give uh, credit to anybody else who was in my life. As a matter of fact, most people in this book that I mentioned are completely nameless. But it gives enough information for people to understand where I was at and they can relate to that. Maybe they're stuck in that rut right then in their life. And it's created to, to change lives for people to realize, like, I have a purpose. I never thought I had a purpose. And all along, the purpose was, was there, just wasn't polished and developed. So I needed a speaking piece. And so I wrote the book. I went through the edits and did the cover design, all the things, put them all together, and then was ready to just publish and push it out there. It's been published for a week. It's got ebook. It's got a print copy and the audio book is coming this week. So I'm super excited about it because I really feel like it's, it's touching on every, every platform to making it available, making it affordable, on whatever level people can get it on. And so the book for a speaking piece to be able to have more training opportunities virtually to people's teams um, or on stage events once we're able to uh, get this situation lifted that we're working with and, and be able to, to get in person with people. But I remember when you spoke on stage, when I saw Razor speak on stage, Jesse Lee speak on stage, when you see people that get on stage that have that gift and have that calling, and the moment you step on stage, 
it's a whole different thing. Like you can listen to podcasts and you can attend people's social media gatherings and you can follow people, but there is truly nothing like seeing someone on a stage at an event. It's a whole different deal. Like it's just, you know, second level. And so that's really where my heart lies. And I think that's the, the profound uh, effects can be felt because that's where you and I connected. So yeah. I think plugging into to those are so powerful. And build your belief. It really creates the vision of like what yeah. is possible. Like instead of you just sitting there building your business, you could be on a stage impacting thousands of people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, how you, you touched upon this uh, before. Uh, I want like to talk for you to talk a little bit more about it. How important is consistency to success? Wow. Okay. That's one of the things I love about what you do is your, your daily DMOs. Your, it's just so important. So I am, I am a messy action person and people oftentimes misunderstand messy action. They look at it as inconsistency. They look at it as, oh, I don't have to work on my business today. But what messy action means to me and someone who can achieve a six-figure earning income with messy action is I'm just doing stuff all the time on a massive level. However, what I also am mindful of there, I may not write down these specific DMOs, but I do this. I don't do them in the same order at the same time. That is really good for people who can do that. But for me, I have to do something with my business every day because I don't look at it as, Here's a compartment over here for my job. Here's a compartment over here for my family. And here's the compartment over here with God. Right. So I feel, first of all, God has used my business as a platform to share what he's done for me in my life. And so to honor that, I believe working all aspects of my life together in one space is really important. So I don't ever go on my social media and say, let me make a post to do with my business. You know, I tell a story and it's about me and it's about my life. And so whenever you have consistency, you just have to, to know, like, I am going to consistently show up for my business every single day. I'm going to consistently show up for my team every single day. And so it's just like a snowball. If you just took a bunch of snow and threw it together and then walked away, it's not going to happen. You take that snowball and you pack it down. And then you add more snow and you pack it down and then you add more snow and you pack it down. It's a process over and over and over. Um, Jessie Lee, I remember a story she told on stage at that same event and she got a microwave out and she got a bag of popcorn and she put the bag of popcorn in there and she took it out after 15 seconds. And then she put the bag of popcorn back in. She took it like that popcorn was never going to get popped on 15 second intervals. It has to have that, that, that consistency consistency that okay it's got to follow through it's got to have a beginning middle and end it's got to have the whole picture so uh my team i actually have an elite little group that i have in a, a 212 team and 212 represents 212 degrees now at 211 degrees you've got some really hot water but at 212 degrees that is the point that it boils and boiling water creates steam, and steam can push the steam engine down the track. You know, it's just that one degree difference 
So that one degree to me is consistency. You know, I'm showing up every single day. Awesome. I love that. Oh uh, yeah. Jesse Lee Ward, by the way, amazing leader. We've had her on the show. I talk about the popcorn and, uh, but I like what you said, the 212 degree team. I love that because you're right. 211 doesn't do much, but 212 degrees, if you move trains, right? That's the difference. Yeah. And you got to build it up there. And I think when, you know, when you're boiling the water, I think most people they were doing the work that I'm not going anywhere. But you know, the water's 100 degrees. You're, right. you're heating it up. It's 120. It's not doing anything. It's 130 now. It's not doing anything. 150, 180, 190. It's not doing anything. They think the work is wasted, but their work is not wasted. Because in order to get to 212, right. they have to be working at 220. They just don't see the work being uh, having the results. Correct. Absolutely. And uh, that's how I think we all started out. I, start, I don't know about you, Simon, but I started out with zero customers. <laughs> zero, you know? And so as I remember, there was a point that I was working in this business and I thought, wow, am I ever going to make any real money at this? Like I was making maybe a couple hundred dollars, you know, it wasn't a whole lot. I was glad for it, but it wasn't like massive success. And I, I never could see myself as a six figure earner, first of all, in any capacity, much less network marketing. I never really, I looked at network marketing as, oh, only the top people that have been in it for 10 years can do that. You know, I never really realized that, you know, it, it took me a year's time to, to get to the, the ranks that were really leadership ranks. But over that year's time, I had to consistently do the same things and show up every single day. And even though I wasn't seeing it then, like you said, as it builds up over time, that consistency shows up in the end. Absolutely. Hey, all top performers, elite athletes, they have a one-on-one trainer, right? So whether you're an Olympic athlete or professional NBA basketball player, football player, soccer player, you have a one-on-one coach. And so if you want to take your business to the next level, you want someone to hold your hand, we have coaching slots available. You can go to check it out at mlnation.com forward slash coach. Some of the things you get is you get to text me 24-7, ask me for questions. You can take screenshots of your conversations and send them over to me. And I will also, if I don't hear from you, I will kick your butt and ask you what is up with your business. And if you're struggling with consistency and need accountability, this is what you need will help you out. Uh, unfortunately, there's limited spots. As an application, please apply. If the spots are open, I'll let you know. If it's not, you'll be on a waiting list. But uh, it's worth checking out, especially if you need a consistency and accountability. Go to mlnation.com forward slash coaching. Hey, thank you so much for your time, Marsha. We got to wrap up the show. I really appreciate the nuggets. But some before we let you go, some quick questions to pick your brain. Okay, and these can be quick one-liners. The first one is, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? Uh, well, if it doesn't cost anything, it's not worth anything. That is really one of the things that I've learned in this business. And that, that's what I live my day by every day. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? Going live. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? This too shall pass. Definitely. That's really good. What is your uh, favorite prospecting tool? So say some, you have a qualified prospect. So do you send them a video? Do you do a Zoom? Do you set, add them to a Facebook group, ATM? What do you like to use? I like to use a video, uh, add them to a group, and then, and then show them a video. Do you have a favorite online resource like a Dropbox or Evernote or a favorite app on your phone that you recommend? 
Yes. Uh, it's a, a counter app, and I, I use it to track my success. Uh, what's the app called? Counter Plus. Oh, counter. Counter Plus. Okay, cool. Uh, what's two or three, aside from your book, and definitely we'll link to your book in the show notes page, what's two or three other books you could recommend to ML Nation? Well, I think John Maxwell is phenomenal. He's uh, the laws of leadership, the laws of growth, all of the John Maxwell series, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and anything by Charles Stanley is phenomenal, especially purpose books. And here's the last question, the million-dollar question. You ready? (laughs) Let's see. (laughs) So imagine you had to start all over again. And you had you knew no one. You didn't know your family. You had a contact list of zero. You're kind of like an alien that went to another universe. But you had all your current mm. knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What's the first thing you do or the first place you go to build a network marketing business from scratch? For me personally, I believe the strongest relationship building application is Facebook. So I believe that relationships are very important. If I had no friends in this whole entire world, I believe that's the platform that was made for making relationships. And network marketing is exactly that, building relationships. So that would be my first place to go. And then I would join every group that I had an interest with. I would join Christian groups, writer groups, motivational speaking groups, everything that resonated with me. So no matter What's out there or who's out there, I'm going to find the people that I connect with. As we wrap up, do you have any last words or advice? And then what's the best way listeners can connect with you, Marsha? Well, the best word of advice, if you don't know what your purpose is, let's find it. Grab the book, Prison to Prosperity with Purpose. You can get it on Amazon or you can go and check out my website. It's prisontoprosperity.info. And uh, I'd love to connect with you on Facebook. It's Marsha Mixon, or my for the book is Prison of Prosperity uh, with Purpose, Marsha Mixon. And I would love to connect with anybody that's looking for their purpose, because I believe that is my purpose, is helping people to expand on their own belief and find their purpose and, and let people know that it doesn't matter where you come from. What matters is where you're headed. ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you may hang out with Marsha Mixon. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.com and go to the podcast tab and click on the show notes there. All the nuggets of wisdom, the books, uh, the book link to Marsha's book and, and her contact info will be right there. In order to be successful in life and in business and network marketing, you must help others. So Marsha, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you. And we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again, and God bless you. Hey, ML Nation, just a reminder, let's do this together. You know, I believe everyone can earn a part-time income in network marketing, including you. And my mission is to help a 1,000 people earn at least $1,000 a month by next year. And I made it easy for you to get help. Just 33 cents a day, you can ask me questions, plug into the group, access to unlimited trainings. Go check it out at PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. My purpose is to help you get to a part-time income. You can check it out, PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. I look forward to seeing you there. Hey, ML Nation, Simon Chan here. What an inspiring interview with my friend and purpose-driven networker, Marsha Mixon. And um, a lot of lessons here. 
right? About how to bounce back a mindset. And your mindset, you know, I was talking about 95% of success is your mindset, your attitude, and how you think. Because, yes, skills are important, but that's the 5%. But none of the skills work. And you're never going to build a long-term business without the right mindset. And Marshall talked about wrong mindset, your letter to the you know, the alcohol, the drugs, and uh, what changed around. She talked about her faith in God. And then we spent most of the time talking about mistakes you made, right? You can't be uncoachable. You got to be coachable and, and talk about developing EQ, emotional intelligence. And a lot of good tips there, right? About personal development keeps you grounded, being aware of where you're going and being learning to be adaptable, and you know, speaking about adaptable, that interview, I'm sorry if the uh, audio quality wasn't the best, but our, her internet didn't work that well. Right before, five minutes before we're going to live, the internet was not working, but we did plan B and finding plan C to, because I don't like to reschedule. And she was a busy schedule as well. So uh, we made it happen. Adaptability, right? Know that things may probably most of the time will not go the well you want to, to go the way you want it. But even right now, somehow I chipped my tooth eating some chicken yesterday. So when I'm speaking right now, like my tongue is uh, rubbing against my tooth. It hurts like crazy, but I got to do it. Adaptable. I'll make this happen, right? Learning that things never go well, right? Like the way you want it to. Um, if it does, it's normally an anomaly. But most of the time, things always come up, but you're willing to adapt. We, You are adaptable, right? And it's how you respond when things go bad. That's emotional intelligence. Um, you talk about reflection meditation, helping you do that. And really overcoming your limiting beliefs. You know, I'm a shy, quiet Asian kid from Brooklyn, New York. I used to always feel like, oh, I'm just going to be the way to this. I'm an average person and um, success is not for me. And maybe you're thinking like that. Maybe deep down, you really don't believe you can do it. And there are a lot of great tips there. Like number one, stretch yourself. I feel like she talked about putting on the $900 pair of Chanel shoes. Feel how now I'm not into shoes, but feel how it is, right? Like what I am into is looking at homes, beautiful views. I used to, like I said, three, four times a week, go up to Santa Monica, the richest part of Santa Monica, and look at these houses and go to Palos Verdes, look at this 20, there's a $25 million house, there's a $40 million house. Just like go there, see what is possible. And know that if you feel like oh, I can't do this or whatever, I'm not that person, it's all fantasy. There's no one out there saying you cannot do it. Right? But if you don't believe in yourself, then who was going to believe in you? The ML Nation, you got to believe in yourself, right? Like I shared out, you know, with my coaching client, go spend time in the, you, you know, you, maybe you can buy those houses. Just once a week, once a month, go to, go to an expensive area. Go hang out there. You don't need to buy anything, but know that the people are different. And that inspires, inspires you. Those people are just like you and I, right? They're just like you. They breathe, eat, they sleep, they got to go to the bathroom. But it's the way they think that's different. So go stretch yourself. All your dreams and goals are outside your comfort zone. And Marsha talked about consistency a lot. Uh, and she's talking about lifetime in the membership. That's Purpose Driven Networkers. If you're interested, go check it out. PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. Okay, PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. Go check it out. Whereas a five-step plan where I show up every day, you know, um, six days a week, we prospect together and we have a five-step plan to help you get your next customer rep. Doesn't matter what background you are, we'll get you a result. Okay, but anyway, getting back to my Marsh, you know, push yourself outside the comfort zone. Know your purpose. And it's not where you're, where you're from, it's where you're heading that's important. It's not where you're from, it's where you're heading. And you walk boldly. Be bold. 
right? There's no one that says you can't. There's no one that says that person's going to be angry if you reach out to them. There's no one that says they're going to laugh at you. Then Marsha reached out to me. That was, you know, I remember exactly on Sunday afternoon, I was checking out baseball cards and she reached out to me. I'm like, what is this woman who wants to be on this show, right? Be bold and be different. And she talked about events a lot, events, events, events. She's got to go to events. That's, you know, that's what she got her vision to write her book to impact other people, right? Being at events, get her aha moments. And I'm um, talking about consistency being a messy action. I think some of you, you know, being organized is good, but you let organization hold you back from taking the action. Right, you'd rather be an organized no action than a mess action. I tell you, a mess, a messy action always beats someone's organized with no action because it's the action that makes you money in this business. So, a lot of good stuff here. Thou too shall pass. You know, whatever you're going through, things will pass. It's not going to last forever. So, hang in there. And great show. Go to the MLNation.com. Click on the podcast tab. Connect with Marsha Mixon. Go check out her book as well, Prison to Prosperity with Purpose. Thanks again, Marshall. Hey, I'm loud and proud to be part of this amazing profession, meeting people like this. It really touches my heart. And uh, we're all giving back. And hope this episode inspires you. If you like it, please. And we'll give it feedback. Leave us a review on iTunes. Really appreciate that. On that note, my tongue is killing me now, bothering me. Actually, killing is a bad negative word. It's challenging me to do a podcast with a hurt tongue here. But uh, hey, it was worth it. Great show for Marsha. Thank you for listening. Hey, I'm Simon Chan. I'm loud and proud to be part of this amazing profession. Now it's over to you. Remember, we're in a profession to help others. Go go out there, have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all.